0: welcome everyone to our weekly meditation service which we've been doing virtually now since uh, the end of 2019 beginning of 2020 Hope everyone is doing well this evening so over the next few weeks uh, we're going to see Uh, me giving talks, and we're going to see some of our Osho's doing talks, and we're also going to have some of our priests in training, our Shuzo's, that are going to be offering some talks as well, so there'll be lots of good stuff coming your way. Uh, I'm going to work on uh, uh, four different subjects over the next few weeks that I speak when it's my turn, and I'm going to cover... um, uh, what I would say is a wisdom section. I'm going to cover what I would say is skillful action. I'm going to talk about our personal relationship with the true self, and then I'm going to talk about the actual practice path, which is a path of practice with ourselves and with others. So tonight, uh, are, are, going, are going to talk about wisdom, and this wisdom response is uh, to a question that i often get from folks and it's i've often said as a teacher one of the things i go around doing is kind of disabusing people of incorrect views around the teachings of the buddha and this one is probably one of the central so i'm going to start with my reading my reading tonight is from monty python and it's called always look on the bright side of life and uh, I'm reading the words directly, so pardon some of the, uh, the jargon. Life's a piece of shit when you look at it. Life's tough and death is a joke. It's true. Keep them laughing. yo. it says, I'm sorry. Let me start again. Life's a piece of shit when you look at it. Life's a laugh and death's a joke. It's true. You'll see it's all a show. Keep them laughing as you go. And just remember, the last laugh is on you. And... Always look on the bright side of life. Do-do, 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 do-do. Always look on the bright side of life. <laughs> so, I think this song Really kind of encapsulates, you know, like I said, one of the areas that people don't get quite correct. And that life's a piece of shit when you look at it. And they kind of equate that first line from the Monty Python song with the Buddha when he uh, is often wrongly declared to say, all life is suffering. So here it is, guys. The Buddha never said that. <laughs> now what the Buddha said or didn't said, I don't know didn't say I don't know but from the recordings that we have in our scriptures the sutras he never said this and yet this is a popular misunderstanding so what did he say what did he say well he didn't say that all life is suffering I mean think about it that would be a bit absurd are you always suffering every moment of every day Do you never have any laughter? Do you never have any moments of respite from the rough and tumbles of the world? Of course we do. Of course we do. No one spends every moment of their day suffering. And we have to ask ourselves to clarify what is suffering. So what the Buddha was saying is that, number one, he was saying life can be painful. It can be very painful both emotionally and physically. But suffering, and this is the important part, suffering is not the same as pain. Not in the Buddha's understanding, not in the teachings of the Dharma. For the Buddha, suffering is the resistance or the story we tell ourselves about the pain. Now there is a famous saying in one of the sutras that basically goes like this, and I'm paraphrasing There are things I want in my life that I may never get. There are things I don't want in my life, but I may never be able to fully rid myself of them. And lastly, there are things that I have in my life that I really do want and I do have, but I know they won't last forever. So, what, what the Buddha was clarifying there is, it's not that, that life is suffering, it's that we have painful experiences in life, these three that I just mentioned being sort of the key core, and it's the resistance to this reality, it's the story we tell about this reality that causes suffering, okay? And you know, what did the Buddha really say? Well. The Buddha didn't see all life as suffering. He saw that life could be very painful for the things I just mentioned, but that it's the suffering we cause in our minds that his teachings were directed at. That he said, "I can free you from that suffering, and we can be free from that suffering." Because the Buddha saw life that was well lived as nirvanic, you know. So what's the payoff? what's the nirvana life and in his own words it was a source of joy bliss pleasure and happiness that these things were all a part of the path of awakening and that these good feelings naturalize they naturally arise whenever our minds are clear whenever our minds are clear now here's an important thing that the Buddha emphasized over and over and I think we get wrong sometimes probably more than sometimes and that is that we always want to blame the way we're feeling on things outside of us so we want to blame the world we want to blame a place we want to blame a person there's always someone something that we are blaming outside of ourselves for our suffering and what the Buddha is saying very clearly in no uncertain terms is that we've got it wrong that it's not so much what's happening in the world what's happening in a particular situation with a person or a relationship or whatever it might be it's us And you know, you've seen the bumper stickers, but it is what the Buddha declared. Everything comes from within. Both the suffering and the freedom from suffering. Both the myriad ways that suffering can manifest, and the innumerable ways that joy and happiness can manifest. Is that clear? So. I always think, and I'm going to, there's a, some of you, when I was, um, I, I did a, a brief period of study at Oxford University, and one of the things I chose to study were, were some of the poems of T.S. Eliot, because he's one of my favorite poets. And when I lived in Cambridge, uh, the home that he lived in while he was teaching at Harvard was only a few blocks away from me, and that was kind of cool, too. Because he's always been one of my favorite poets but there's a play that he did a short play uh, called the cocktail party now you might recall there was a time when the cocktail party is what people did you know they still do to get together you know at the end of a work day or at an event or in someone's apartment or someone's home you know it's a way for people to socialize And there's a lot of really great uh, little vignettes that T.S. Eliot illustrates in this drama. But the one that I, I think relates to this one the most is a conversation that's going on between a woman and a psychiatrist. And at some point, you know, the psychiatrist, you know, he's being very generous and listening to her woes. But at some point she says, but you know, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, I really hope that it's my fault. (laughs) the psychiatrist is kind of a little confused or perplexed, and he says, "Uh, I don't really think I understand. And she goes, well, if it's not my fault, then it must be the fault of the world, fate, or God. And if it is those, I have no power over it. I have no control. So I hope it's my fault, because then I can do something about it. Ah, uh, There's the wisdom. There's the wisdom. And that's what the Buddha is saying. Today, we've been kind of conditioned. I shouldn't just say today. I would say this is a part of the human condition, going way back. We, we believe that our problems are, are caused by things outside of us. That that's where, you know, that's where the struggle is. But what the Buddha is saying is that's really not where the real struggle is. The real struggle is within. Because we don't have control over these things in life that causes pain. You know, at the very least, we have no control, very little, over when we're going to die. Or how we have very little control over the illnesses that come our way. I just read, uh, saw it today somewhere, that Dr. Fauci, who's, who's probably one of the best vaccinated people in the world, has COVID. So, you know, these things happen to us, and we don't have a lot of control over it. And some of us are very attractive, and that being very attractive person in our society gives you a lot of privilege. Or maybe we happen to be very smart, or maybe we happen to be a great athlete, or maybe we happen, you know, on and on it goes, right? So there's all these things that we may have that others may not have, and those are the things we're blaming our problems on, you know? If I only had more money, if I had less money, (laughs) If (laughs) if I only lived there, if I didn't live here. So what the Buddha is saying, just like the uh, the woman in T.S.L.'s play, is that the good news is, is from the Buddha's perspective, all suffering comes from within, not from without. Pain? Sure, that comes. But it's the suffering that comes from within. So lastly, what I want to say here, are there any benefits to suffering? <laughs> you know um, when you look at the writings of Nietzsche, Nietzsche used the word suffering and sometimes he would use it similar to the way the Buddha would and other times he did not but you know he looked at suffering as a lot of people do you know as, uh, ironically because people think of him as the as death of God guy but ironically you know he was really in alignment a lot with some views where you know some views in Christianity where it's like take up your cross you know and and that 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 suffering is sort of a a blessing of sorts or a purification of sorts well we buddhists don't look at it that way (laughs) we think suffering sucks and we practice to be free of it but are there any benefits that we might talk about well number one if nothing else suffering moves us toward a solution realizing in fact the the old sages would say realizing that you're delusional is the first step on the path to awakening and i know like for myself there are some days when i get up and i do my devotions and so forth but then i get going in my day you know and like one thing after another will seem not to go my way and of course what does that do well that pain then you know starts to you know my ego self starts to develop stories around it or resistance to it so i either want to like throw my hands up and say ah the heck with it it's usually more vulgar than that or i you know start going into some drama that my ego self wants to create around it but even though i do experience that because of my practice I'm able to observe it and sort of watch what's happening, and I can use that as a way to move me into practice, and that's what I do. When I find that I'm off or I'm feeling that way, you know, I might sit with it for a little bit, I might observe it for a little bit, but then I really do try to move into a place, okay, how can I practice? What's going on inside of me? So it can be helpful that way. The second thing, probably the most important thing, is it opens us up to the second principle of oneness. So what's the second principle of oneness? That it is because of our suffering that that suffering is the easiest way for us to experience oneness. And that's why the Buddha spent a lot of time talking about dukkha, which is the Pali and Sanskrit word that's translated as suffering, although you could say it's more about unsatisfactoriness. But the, that second principle shows us that suffering is, is what allows us to sort of connect to each other in a way that transcends all those things I mentioned earlier. That You know, how I look, my social status, my, my background, you know, all those things. Those things separate us. Most things in life like that separate us. But suffering, man, when we're suffering, then we really can connect to others who are suffering. And that's why the Buddha emphasized it, because he saw that suffering was the easiest way to experience oneness. And out of this suffering, compassion is born. Compassion is born out of suffering. And that's one of the magical miracles of our universe. And finally, a possible benefit of suffering is out of, you know, number two is that it motivates us to help others. We know what it's like to go through some suffering. And so when we see others suffering, it motivates us to do something, to do something about it. Now, we can't take away their suffering, remember? But what we can do is help them to free themselves from their suffering. And that is, you know, that is our reason for being. So I would summarize it to say it like this that what the Buddha was really saying is that life can be filled with suffering but if we choose to live nobly that nobility of of choice and character will lead us to a path of freedom and happiness and that's the benefit joy, purpose, fulfillment. So I hope you found that useful.